Hi, and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 35. Coming up today, our first ever guest expert talks secured loans. Meet Justin Dunn of Atlas Finance Scotland in just a moment. But as I say, this is show 35. And in our previous episodes, I can say with a degree of certainty, whatever it is that's brought you here, we've probably covered it. Just trust me on that. A huge list of material. In general terms, though, we've done it. So if you have a financial query, probably first place to look is our back catalogue. Search the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or whatever you get your podcasts. You'll find us there. An enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows. After listening to this one, have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, maybe you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. And then that way, you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis. With me as always, the star of our show, it's Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you? Good, thank you. Bit of a first for the show today. Filled up for the first time. I'm thinking, lucky we're not on TV because we haven't rolled out any kind of red carpet or got a box of fancy cakes in or anything like that. <laughs> the joys of podcasting, no frills. Uh, today, he's very welcome all the same. Tell us who you've chosen to be our first ever guest, Phil. Yeah, welcome to our, our first guest today, who is Justin Dunn. Um, I've known Justin for, for quite a number of years now. Justin is the sales director at Atlas Finance Scotland. Um, he's worked in financial services for, for over 20 years. I noticed on your LinkedIn, you started, I think it said 1998. I was 1999, so just a... A year or so after, it might even be longer, is it? You it was actually longer than that, Phil. But let's not let's not go into that just now. <laughs> <laughs> the, so I'll just let Justin can introduce himself and, and tell us a wee bit about him and, and his background. Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Justin Dunham at, from Atlas Finance. We do uh, secured loans, second charges. Um, but to be honest, I've been in this industry, unfortunately, Phil, since 1993. Oh, so a long, long time. Um, it's uh, yeah, longer than I actually thought when, until you reminded me of it the other day. So thanks for that. But uh, yeah, no, I've been doing it for a, a long, long time. Seen a lot of changes, but in you know, it, it, it's an area that uh, I've always enjoyed working in. That's hence why I'm still doing it, basically. So yeah, that's yeah, pretty much it. I'm sitting here saying nothing because I was before 93. So I'm saying not a thing, but not in finance. Hi, Justin. Um, mostly mostly for my sake, we operate a policy here of there being no such thing as a daft question. So let me prove that by starting out with this. What exactly is a, a secured loan? Yeah, look, John, there is honestly, there's no such thing as a daft question because I always say this to people. If, if you've got that in your head, you need that answered because it, it just, you know, otherwise it's just going to bug you. So no, it's not not a daft question at all. A secured loan is basically what it's really referred to now as a second charge. Um, and what it is, is it's a loan secured on either a residential or a buy-to-let property over and above your existing mortgage. And but, that really um, is it. But for sort of reasons, would, would somebody look at taking out a secured loan, Justin? Um, the main reasons, Phil, really debt consolidation is, is the, the kind of major one where you've maybe, as, as you will well know, you've tried to get them a, a a remortgage that it's not happening with the existing lender because there's too much credit outstanding. Also home improvements. We've seen quite a big increase in, in home improvements. Um, probably done more home improvement loans in the last six months than we've done in the last four years. So thanks lockdown. Um, that's been really good for us. Sometimes it can be a mixture of the two. Quite simply, you can take a secured loan out for literally any purpose whatsoever. So, I mean, it, it covers a variety of things, tax bills, 
It can be for a buy-to-let deposit, basically quite quite literally anything at all, as long as it's legal. What sort of percentages can people borrow? I know like on at, at the minute, people can borrow up to 95% of the value on a, a normal residential mortgage, but on, on the secured loans, they allow, do they allow them to go above that? They do, Phil. Um, so we can work up to 100% loan to value with, with people's properties. Um, in certain instances, obviously dependent on you know circumstance, we can actually go beyond 100% loan to value as well. So there's a fair bit of flexibility there in, in terms of what the lenders are offering and, and potentially the amount of money that we can borrow on their behalf, which is not available. Bluntly, it's just not available in the uh, in the mortgage market, simple as. Okay. I, I think it sounds, to my mind anyway, Justin, and, and like I say, I'm a layman in, in, in this field, but it sounds to me like there's a, a certain time and place where you'd be looking at a secured loan. Quite often you'll hear of uh, someone taking a further advance in a mortgage or a, a remortgage to maybe consolidate debt or do some building work in the property. How does that differ in terms of criteria to, to a secured loan? Which is easier to source? Well, in all honesty, John, the, the, the majority of clients, or not the majority, the clients that get referred to brokers like myself are clients who've been and looked for a remortgage and have been declined. Now, as, as Phil can explain, there, there, are a, a, there are a variety of reasons for that. The main ones, though, tend to be around affordability and, and credit score. That Those are the, the, the main issues. What then happens is those clients will be referred to us. Our lenders do work it slightly differently. Some will work on credit score. Others won't. They'll work on payment profile because sometimes your credit score can be adversely affected maybe by the number of credit searches that you've had. So th- there is a bit more flexibility there in terms of how our lenders are prepared to look at a case compared to a high street lender. One, one thing I was thinking of just now, Justin, is we'd be right in saying one advantage of a secured loan over, say, a personal loan would be the fact that you, you could take a secured loan over a much longer term, which would then means that the payments are more affordable each month. That, that would, I'd be right in saying that, would I? Absolutely, Phil. And I, I think, again, what, what you've, you've also got to look at is from a, a remortgage point of view as well. Um, if you're looking at a, a lower monthly payment, it's, it's potentially a lot easier to, to get the remortgage through than it would be if you've got an unsecured personal loan um, where the monthly payment is, is maybe significantly higher. So, yeah, there's flexibility in that in that we can work up to, to maybe a 30-year term. Now, obviously, you don't necessarily always want to take the loan over the longest possible term. You need to look at what people's individual circumstances are. But, yeah, absolutely, it, it can give you a far lower monthly payment. With, with the secured loans, what, what sort of costs are involved when someone takes one out? Is, is there uh, the other thing I was thinking as well is what sort of interest rates are they? The, the fees do they differ much from the fees on like a normal mortgage or remortgage? Um, in 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 certain respects, absolutely, Phil. So yeah, I mean, look, rate wise, we've got the lowest rates that we've ever had on on secured loans. So the starting rate on on secured loans at the moment is 3.37%. That is is as low as as we've ever had. There are costs. So lenders do charge a a product fee, exactly as they would do with a mortgage. Um, That does differ, obviously, from lender to lender as well. So we can go from anywhere between 295 to to two and a half thousand pounds, depending on the size of the loan and, and, and so on. Probably the, the major difference is that we will charge a broker fee, which is incorporated within the monthly payment. But that broker fee covers all of the costs associated with getting the loan completed for the client. So things like 
land registry searches, credit searches, solicitors fees, valuations, all of those fees are covered with, off within that broker fee. Um, and then obviously there, there's our profit to be made as well. So the broker fee is, is, you know, is added on. Clients are made aware of that. We tell them what the fee is, but you know, obviously it covers, it means they don't have to dip their hand in their pocket in order to get the loan completed. It's as simple as that. Is it is there such a thing as a as an average um, for for what you deal with? So do you have any examples of, of maybe like an average or any deals that you've done recently for clients, Justin? To be honest with you, John, it's it's like everything else. Every deal is slightly <laughs> different. And I know that sounds really but it but it's true. You know, each deal has got its own maybe little foible here or there. So there's no such thing as average anymore. It really tends to be what people are borrowing money for. So the main areas, as as I did say earlier, the main areas we're looking at are debt consolidation, where they may be looking to pay off credit cards and, and loans, just really to tidy up their credit profile, which will make it easier for them when they go back to fill in maybe 12 or 18 months time to get the remortgage that, that they want, but can't get at the moment. For one thing I was thinking of as well, Justin, was if someone has difficulties paying back a secured loan, I mean, unlike a personal loan, I guess that if they had difficulties paying it back, they could lose the property. But is that something you've came across much in the past? Have you ever you had many examples of that happening? To be honest, yeah, to be honest, Phil, no. Um, most second charge lenders do not want to repossess a property. And the reason for that, quite simply, is that if they instigate in repossession proceedings, the, the repossession will automatically default to the first charge lender. So let's take, for argument's sake, it, they've got a Halifax mortgage. Halifax will take control of the repossession. The second charge lender has no, has no say in what, what gets done. So second charge lenders, to be honest, do not want to repossess a property. So if somebody does have a problem uh, with, with the payments, what they need to do is, is basically speak to the lender um, explain the circumstances, come up with some sort of payment plan. Um, and most lenders, unless it's utterly, you know, we, we can't afford to pay anything, most lenders will, will work with the client until their circumstances have changed again because it's not in their interests to, to repossess the property. But the other side of that is, in, in terms of overall statistics, it's, it's less than a quarter of a percent of all secured loans actually end up at repossession. Yeah. So it's, it's a very, very low percentage. Just as a, a little comparison there, Justin, um, when you were talking about people being unable to to pay their standard monthly fee, for instance, I know mortgage lenders were offering payment holidays during the pandemic. Do secured lenders offer the, the, the same sort of idea? They, they did indeed, John. So, you know, I know that the uh, same as, as mortgage lenders, some of them, the lenders were a lot easier to deal with in, in that respect than others. But they all offered that facility because, be bluntly, because they had to. Um, so, it, yeah, it was something that was available. I know on, on the residential mortgages, I've seen lenders kind of tighten their criteria and it's now starting to, to kind of ease up slightly. But have you seen much change in lenders' appetite to lend on secured loans over the last year, Justin? Yeah, Phil, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's been a sea change in, in, I would say, even the last six months the number of new products coming to market, reductions in interest rates as well. So particularly on what we call higher loan to value cases where it's maybe above 75% or 80% of the value of the property. We've seen rates drop considerably in those areas because there's a lot more competition for that, for that business. 
but as I say, we've, we've got the lowest advertised rate we've ever had for a secured loan. Now, okay, 3.37% is available to somebody under 60% loan to value, but it's as a headline rate, it's still the lowest we've ever had. And as I say, rates in general at the moment are as low as we've ever had. And I think that kind of, it, it sort of mirrors the, the mortgage marketplace where you've got extremely low rates at the moment. We've got a low base rate with the Bank of England and clearly lenders are, are relatively confident that that's not going to rise dramatically in, in the short term. Just any other points that you'd like to make about, about secured loans, Justin? Well, you know, as I say, they're, they're there to help people, John. You know, what, what we see is a lot of people who, who go directly to their, their mortgage lender, potentially not using somebody like Phil. They don't always necessarily get the best advice. And sometimes they're just dismissed out of hand as there's nothing that the, the mortgage lender or that, that company can do for them. And they kind of take the view that if that's the case, nobody else is out there to help. But bluntly, that's not the case. There, there's an awful lot of help out there. There are a lot more options available to people these days. And, and it's using people like Phil, who will then refer deals onto people like us, where we can do the stuff that, that clients have been told is not available to them. You know, I mean, I've, I've lost track over the years, the number of people that we've, we've had referred to us where they've been told there's no chance that, that they can get what they're looking for. We're able to do it and, and you're actually able to get them back on track where, like I say, a year or 18 months down the line, Phil can then step back in, remortgage them. And, and basically, they're, 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 I won't say they're starting again, but they've, they've tidied everything back up again. And it, it just makes such a difference to people's lives. It's, it, it's why I like the job that I do. And that's why I've been doing it for so long. Do you find the, the lenders that do the secured loans and the second charge loans, are they, do they tend to be a bit more flexible with their criteria when it comes to people having had adverse credit or missed payments? In the past, definitely, Phil. There's there's a lot more scope in terms of what they're they're prepared to to accept in comparison to mortgage lenders. So you know, there's there's certain bits and pieces where they'll just effectively ignore the bad credit. You know, so things like mail order accounts, you know, potentially mobile phone, mobile accounts, phone bills, which I know, yeah, you'll, you'll know that <laughs> they can be absolutely brutal. You know, they'll take a view on that sort of thing. And if the, the blunt truth is, if all the other credit has, has been well maintained, they'll they'll pretty much ignore it and treat that client as as, as a standard customer. But we, we have lenders who will look at people who've got high volume, you know, defaults, county court judgments, that sort of thing. So again, having that there does not necessarily mean that you can't borrow money. You may potentially have to pay a slight premium for it, but there is the potential to be able to borrow. I remember years ago, the it used to often come up that um, was it Britannia Music Club was that what it was called? Oh, uh, yes. Oh, it was a nightmare. The, the they used to get what, what folk would do is they would order the CDs, get them delivered, and then they think, oh, I'm waiting to move house. So they would move house, and then they they wouldn't have realised that that debt would then kind of follow them about, and <laughs> maybe owed like fifty quid in CDs back then, and. Then they would come get a mortgage and it's like, oh no, what's this default? And oh, I forgot about that. I moved home. And oh, it used to be a, a nightmare. But to these days, I mean, before you just download music, I, I wouldn't imagine they would still be in the go. I haven't heard of that for, <laughs> for years. Oh, I, haven't, I haven't seen them advertised for a long time. Phil. I know. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought but, um, so. <laughs> for, for yourself, Justin, would you be able to give us contact details of how someone would be able to get in touch with yourself if oh, they were interested yeah. in? No, absolutely, Phil. I mean, uh, obviously, directly by phone, which is 0141 847 0135. 
you can email us, which is info at atlasfinancescotland.co.uk. Um, and you can also make an inquiry via the website, which is www.atlasfinancescotland.co.uk. You, you're based in Glasgow, Justin, but do, yes. do you cover, is it mainly Scotland or do you, do you cover secured loans UK-wide? Oh, we cover the we cover the whole of the UK, Phil. We, we, I won't say we, 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 we like Scotland because we can get out to see the clients on a face-to-face basis, but we'll, we'll do loans for people from John O'Groats to Land's End. It really is as simple as that. Yeah. Now, uh, each week so far, as we've covered various topics, Phil's given us a look back over his own life story and how it's been affected by the subjects we've been discussing. So, ever had a secured loan or had to deal with them directly for a client, Phil? I, I did have a secured loan myself. Now, we're probably going back maybe close to about 20 years ago. Um, I can't remember who it was with. It might come to me, but I, I can't even remember now. But I, I did have a secured loan. But one of the things where, when I took that out, I, I didn't have it too long, but I ended up, when I paid it back, I ended up having to pay back more than what I'd borrowed in the first place. But they, nowadays, am I right in saying, Justin, the, the, the charges for paying secured loans off early, I, I'm, they, they're less now than what they used to be in days gone by, are they? Uh, very definitely, Phil, yeah. I mean, secured loans now are regulated by the FCA exactly the same as mortgages. So that's been the case for, for five years now. There's been a big sea change in, in the fees that are charged. So a lot of lenders, if you borrowed the money on, on a variable rate deal, don't charge any kind of early settlement figure at all. In fact, probably what tends to be the case now is that the, the early redemption penalties are only really being charged if they've taken out a, a, a fixed rate deal, you know, potentially either two to, to five years. And if you settle that off early, then, yeah, the, the lender will charge you a, a, a small a small amount to, to come out of it. Um, but that, that really is it. If, as I say, the majority of them on variable rate deals don't charge any early settlement at all. That's perfect. F- Phil, we, we always do this bit as well. You find inspiration, I know, through various people that you admire, and you do love a quote. Have you got one that fits our subject matter for this episode on secured loans? Yeah, the, the quote of the week that I've got this week is from someone called Wayne Trotman. And it's burying your head in the sand does not make you invisible. It only leads to suffocation. <laughs> I would say the, the reason I kind of went for that one is more like if, if you have got, if you are struggling with, with things, it is best to kind of tra- tackle it head on rather yeah. than, than leaving things. So that, that was why I went for that quote of the week this week. <laughs> now, Phil is, uh, is really keen on trying to help you with your financial queries. If you'd like to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if you'd like us to. Uh, let's get on to this week's contact details for Phil coming up in just a minute. I'll give that to you after these. Our first question today comes from Jim in Aberdeen. Uh, Jim's 56. He says, I have my own business, but I've started to fall behind with my tax bills. Is there anything you can suggest that I look at? What I would say is, I mean, I know I say he's 56, so it is possible that he might be able, if he's got pensions, he could look at releasing a tax-free lump sum from from them, possibly. It's maybe a good time to bring Justin back in here, but if he's a homeowner, then I'm guessing, I I think you did mention earlier that you could take out a secured loan to pay off a tax bill. Was that right? Yeah, absolutely, Phil. Um, To be fair, do you know what? We actually completed one the other day for for a client with a £60,000 tax bill. So yes, our lenders will lend for, for that purpose. So he doesn't necessarily have to go into his pensions. You can obviously take those on and deal with them on his behalf, Phil. <laughs> we could actually deal with the secured loan and, and, and deal with his tax implications. So yeah, 
it's definitely something that can be done. And we, we've done quite a few of those over the last few years as well. You know what? A, a 60 grand tax bill is painful, but it would be nice, wouldn't it? That's, that's the kind of tax bills you really you want to be having tax bills as high as that. You're, you're earning plenty. Yeah, Leicester exactly. territory. Again, going back to your, your quote, Phil, about not burying your head in the sand, I think the moment that you get in touch with the taxman, the better for you. Uh, and they, they usually come up with some kind of payment arrangement plan, don't they? Maybe not for 60 grand. I don't know. I've never had that much, but you never know. That might be helpful as well. I, I know it's not really something that we tend to think of, the potential of the taxman helping us out, but it is there to consider. Um, next, Simon from Elgin, who says, I'm about to put my home in the market. Do you have any tips you can share to help me sell quickly, Phil? I guess you've got all the usual things like a, a fresh lick of paint and, and stuff. But I, one thing I would say to people these days is that use social media. If you're on things like Facebook, LinkedIn, use that. I, I listened to a, a webinar just the other day and it, it was from a, a firm in Edinburgh. And what, what they were saying is on, on the East Coast in, in Aberdeen, you've got the ASPC, the Aberdeen Solicitors Property Centre. So they, they've got quite a monopoly in the northeast of Scotland. Down in Edinburgh, you've got the ESPC, the Edinburgh Solicitors Property Centre. So probably a good idea having your, if you're in that area, is putting your property on on that sort of websites. In, in Glasgow, I mean, Justin, you're you're based there. I know there there's the GSPC, the the Glasgow Solicitors Property Centre. But I'm mean, only saying I think a lot of people looking to to market their property there. It's a lot more popular for people to use things like Right Move and Zoopla, is it? In 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 that sort of area. Um, to be honest with you, Phil, no, I'd say that probably people still go down the, the, the sort of more traditional route. You know, yeah. they'll find that kind of a proper estate agent. So like you say, GSPC tends to be a big one. Um, but you, you see things like, uh, you know, Purple Bricks seems to be a very big one. Yeah, they're coming up more and more. They're very big. Um, but, you know, having looked at kind of how you do it, it's relatively simple to, to market the property. So, yeah. I think there's I, I noticed John said John said there as well that Simon's in, in Elgin and, and up yeah. there you've got the, the HSPC, the Highland Solicitors <laughs> Property Centre. Yeah. But um, there's plen- <laughs> plenty of them. They, they are they are all over the place. I think maybe when it comes to property, there's a slight element of catch-up from those traditional uh property centers that you're talking about, where they've traditionally controlled the market almost. I think there's an element of catch-up on their behalf. It's a bit like you know, Encyclopedia Britannica when Wikipedia came along where they said, no, no, it'll be fine. We've always sold books. Um, and, and then Wikipedia came along and destroyed um, their, their sales pretty much overnight. In this instance, when you've got the likes of Purple Bricks and Right Move coming along, sooner or later, they either have to adapt or just expect it to die off. And I think they are just at the point now where they're adapting and they're, they're online a lot more and offering things like video too, especially in this, this kind of uh, environment where you're, you're coming at the end of a pandemic. It becomes almost essential that you do things like that, don't you think, guys? I know. I, I've been hearing a folk actually buying a property without even viewing it with, yeah. with these like video tours that you, you can yeah. get now. So as things are, are changing rapidly. That's a thing. If you don't adapt, you die. Okay, I would just say as well... <laughs> A little, bit, uh, a little bit over the top, perhaps. We just say as well, before you get in touch with a question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a fair few topics so far. Uh, we may have touched on what you're interested in, so uh, have a look on, on there. I'm John Ellis. Thank you for joining us today for the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. And thank you to Justin Dunn of Atlas Finance Scotland for joining us as well. If you missed those contact details, you'll get them in the programme notes for today's show. Now, if you feel you need a helping hand with anything that we've been discussing or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil 
Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or on the Facebook page for the show, search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well, or you can email Phil a question that you can answer on a future show. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question. Like I say, Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. And please, don't worry, we won't use your real name if that is what you prefer. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us. And please follow us on Apple or whatever you get your podcast. Then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. Thanks very much, John. And thanks for, for coming on as well, Justin. No, I really appreciate you having me on, guys. Much appreciated. Thanks a lot.